Welcome to the Press Plane Run podcast, the podcast for runners that don't really know they're runners, put a stick on their trainers, press play and run just in case. Press Plane Run will give me, Ryan, or Scottish runner to some of you on Instagram, the chance to shine a light on everyday runners from clubs and couches across the United Kingdom and beyond. Each week, we'll delve into everything from park runs to playlists, trainers to tantrums and mini runs to marathons. We will look to shine a light on the stories of some incredible everyday runners from the running community and hold them hostage until they pick a track to add to the Press Play and Run playlist, which you can search for and add on Spotify. So whether you're dragging yourself off the couch or taking your first tentative steps in running, or you're one of those weird people in vests at the front of the pack, we look forward to joining you every other week on your long runs to keep you company and entertained. Until then, your only job is to press play and run. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Press Play and Run. I'm thinking about renaming this the podcast for people that are fed up of winter. I can't take much more of getting battered by the wind and the rain. Uh, I've tried to think what's happened since I last spoke to you. I've had another two park runs, another couple of weeks have passed. So took part at Queen's Park because uh, that was in Glasgow. One of the very few park runs beginning with a queue, I believe, in the United Kingdom. So it's a popular tourist one for people that are doing the park run alphabet. Um, so that came on the day, one of the Saturdays, when ice had wiped out a lot of the local park runs. Headed off to Queen's Park, didn't really know very much about the course except that it was relatively local and it was on. Oh my days. Talk about hills. I was half expecting John Anderson to be shouting contenders ready on my third loop as I took on what I thought was a travelator. Um, that is just hill after hill after hill. Lovely course, very scenic park and the people were so nice. But I'll be taking climbing gear the next time I try that one. I actually had me hankering after Toll Cross Park. I actually felt for Nikki, who ran with me on that day, having to listen to my moaning uh, as we did our cool down. Uh, my legs were destroyed afterwards. Following that one, I think we were back at Strathclyde Park, we were, and we had the, the polar opposite. We had perfect conditions, and I actually managed another PB. So after waiting six years, that's me PB twice in three weeks. Got down to 1909, which was a bit generous. I think my watch had it more like 1915. I absolutely refused to allow my kids to park run, to do junior park run the next day, just in case either of, either of them PB'd again. I didn't want them stealing my thunder the way Brody did the last time, so I've been basking in glory since then. Several members of the club actually PB'd on that day at various courses as well. It was just the perfect conditions for running. And my friend Michael, who most people... Uh, that know him, know him as Sonic, he PB'd as well on the course. And I've actually got a lot to thank him for because through the pain of going eyeballs out for 5k, all I could think about was the story he told me just before we started running. His older brother recently moved out of the house and into his own place for the first time. And after telling Sonic that he'd got a bit lonely, he bought himself a hamster and called it Sonic. That absolutely slayed me the whole way around. So instead of focusing on my breathing and how sore it was, I just couldn't get over the fact that not only would somebody buy a hamster for company, something that basically sits in a cage and achieves nothing, but that they would call it after their brother. There's a a deep want somewhere there. But anyway, it entertained me the whole way around and I thought I would share it with you. I've also managed to record three more episodes of Press Plane Run and the guests that I've had the opportunity to speak to have been so interesting to hear. I'm really looking forward to getting them out there. 
So in the upcoming episodes, you're going to hear me in conversation with Jamie Ramsey, an established adventurer runner who's completed some crazy challenges. And then we're going to hear uh, my chat with Joe Wilkinson, a former Team GB athlete, top 20 finisher at the London Marathon, and now uh, has our own successful coaching business. So there's so much to be gained, I think, from these conversations for everyday runners, despite the fact that these are people that have done extraordinary things in their running careers. So on to this episode, you'll hear my introduction with Bob Burrow, the Coolside runner, but I also managed to grab a quick chat with Katie Buchanan, one of the runners from Bob's Jog Scotland group that he created in the Coolside Runners. So Katie's only been running since October and I was delighted that she agreed to join me and give me a bit of insight into what her experiences has been of joining a Jog Scotland group. So one of my main aims for this episode is to really try and push this out there into the ears of people that are considering starting running or returning to running. One of my main hopes for this episode is that we can actually help to get this out there into the ears of people that want to return to running or take up running from scratch. If you can help me in any way by sharing the podcast, rating, reviewing, whatever it takes to get that out there, I would be so appreciative. So wherever you're listening to this today, whether it be on your long run or on your couch, I just want to thank you sincerely for all the support that we've had over a thousand downloads of the first two episodes in the first four weeks of the podcast. That's exceeded anything I could have hoped for. Keep sharing, keep liking, keep reviewing and remember, press play and run. Joining me in this episode is Bob Burrow, known to many in the online running community as Kilsyth Runner. In addition to being a jog leader with Kilsyth Runners, Bob is a vest-wearing guru, hoarder of running shoes, and aficionado of Instagram Reels. Hello, Bob, and thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm all good. Thanks for having me on. That will reveal right away that I have been creeping on your Instagram because <laughs> I've watched these Reels in awe because I can't work them. So I might have to get a tutorial from you at some point on how you do all these nice transitions on, on Instagram Reels. Bob is joining us today to speak about two things, um, predominantly to speak about his own running because he also has uh, a fascinating story in getting into it through to being a visible member of the running community and actually taking up an ambassadorial role this year for the Edinburgh Marathon. But Bob is doing something that interests me and I think will interest a lot of our listeners and that he has also been through his Jog Scotland course to become a jog leader and is introducing beginner runners into a program of running which I'm really keen to hear about. So Bob where I would like to start before we go to the couch to 5k type running or introduction to running is to just speak about your own running journey. If we could just start with when it started, what it was like in the beginning and a potted history of where you've gotten to now. Yeah not a problem. I've been telling lots of folks every time someone asks me how long have you been running for I keep saying about six or seven years, but since coming on here, I've actually had a look, and it was about ten years now I've been running, and it was like a, it must have been one of these January type, New Year, New Me, I'm going to start running this year, and I'd signed up for lots of races, mostly kind of trail running, muddy obstacle course type shenanigans, so started that in the January, and by the April, I'd broke my foot in three places, that didn't put me off, got a cast boot, I was training for, that was the men's 10k at the time. I was doing it for charity and I'd already collected some money, so I thought I can't let these people down. So going about Bishop Briggs at the time where I stayed with my cast boot on, which is a bit bizarre, that kind of caught the attention of like the local newspapers. Jog leader Bob might actually advise people not to do that these days. Yeah, I really would not advise running the 10k in your cast boot. 
Well, Bob, I don't want this to be a you've been to Tenerife and I know somebody that's been to a Live Nerife episode, but I was running last night at the running club and I met somebody new um, who did the London Marathon in a moon boot. Wow, trumped. With beers and snacks. Um, for, so that's for much the same. Wrong. I never exactly. done the beers. This is, oh. this is opening up a new world of running to me. I'm actually, I, I should maybe look into getting the kind of injury that allows for beers and snacks and running in a moon boot. How did you break your foot? Um, playing football. All right, okay. So, so dodgy what, bounce to the ball, jumping up for a header, landing yeah. terribly on it, and yeah. So it wasn't a running-related injury? No, t- su- surprisingly it wasn't, because as you can do in January, you go all guns blazing. You start yeah. doing, sign up for everything, lots of running, don't know what you're doing. You're just asking for a stress fracture kind of thing. But no, it wasn't. Um, yeah, now, somebody said that to me the other day. The only thing busier than a gym in January is a physio's table in February. So so you get, there's a bit of press attention, unsurprisingly, around the man training for a 10K in a moon boot. Where do you go from there? Um, so after that, it was mostly kind of Tough mother style events. That kind of thing, more social group events, going and signing up for races and just just doing races, races, more races than training probably. It just became a total social thing, like a group of people, let's go and sign up for this. But the pressure was off, it was just about completing races and having fun. Then it was about uh, 2015, I think it was like a Sunday morning lying in bed, London Marathon's on the TV, and that's sitting going, I fancy a bit of that. That's... As you all do, it's, it just looks phenomenal. How do we get into that right ballot? I'll put money in for the ballot. I'll get a, I'll get a ballot place, no problem. No, that's t- no one gets the ballot place no. that easy. No, it's, a, it's uh, like a lottery. It's like a lottery ticket, literally, almost with those odds. Yeah, but I, I was don't know why I was so sure I was getting a place. But you get the magazine drops through with the the losers jumper that you get. That made me think. No, I really do. How else can I get in here? That's when I found out about the charity places. Done it for um, Alzheimer's Scotland. Um, my my grandma suffers for that, so that was one I was trying to raise two thousand pounds. I think it was at the time, which wasn't as difficult as I thought it could be. But it adds another level of the kind of emotional side of it when you're training, not wanting to let people down. I asked Alison about the additional pressure, especially if it's your that would have been your first marathon, I assume. Yes. Yeah, so you're obviously doing something very different anyway, and then you have the I can't let people down, I can't be injured thing. Yeah. But you got you got there. How did you raise the money? Well, I put on events like six hour fitness things, so an hour of um, see so hit training, then we'll do a go for an hour run, and then another somebody else would come in and do a class, that kind of thing. I've done um, bucket collections. I went to like Dobie's Garden Centre with the bucket, and people were, that's actually quite an emotional day as well, and people are coming up, giving you money, and then telling you their stories and how it connects with them. So a lot of these kind of things, when you're doing your, your long run trainings, or when you hit kind of dark times in the marathon itself, kind of remembering all these people and all these stories and it was like, I can't let these people down I need to keep going but yeah I think uh, anything that can motivate you to keep going is always handy that first marathon it's you don't know what you're doing first marathon I thought I've done 5k's you turn up you run the 5k it's fine done a 10k done a half marathon you can blag your way through a lot of these things you, you can't blag a marathon you can't do it. Don't tell me this, Bob. Don't tell me this because I'm just at the 5k, 10k half bit. So don't tell me. Get um, your training done. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to learn from the people I speak to. It was one of my sneaky um, 
intentions in starting this podcast is that it's essentially free coaching. I'm just not telling people that. Uh, so how did how did that first one go? Went down London with my wife who was pregnant and feeling very ill and sicky at the time. So I was kind of stressing about her walking about London trying to track me. It's like, no, you stay in the hotel. Managed to get my way to the start line. Overly enthusiastic. Start too fast, but think you're doing okay. Got to about halfway, about to our bridge. And my heels get clipped. It's just, it's very busy. My heels get clipped. I should have just fell and then got up again, but I tried to stop myself. Jarred my knee a little bit and then was just feeling sorry for myself for about the next five miles. I had to give myself a shake to let's stop run walking this. Let's get back in the game here and rely on all the things and people I'd spoke to and why I was doing it, that kind of thing. Like in reality, I think I was, I was blown up anyway. Yeah. Is that preparation? Just preparation? Oh, looking back at my training now through my Strava, it's, it's horrific. Did you plan that training yourself at the time or how how did you go about? Prep? Yeah, so I'd kind of looked at different training plans and I think I'd picked the easiest one. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just doing the, I'm just doing the easy hard. marathon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. No idea of times. I think I just looked at what's a good marathon time sub for. Yeah, I'll do that. No idea of pacing, just run along, see what happens. Oh. So by the time I'd finished, it was, I was in bits, I was emotional, but I got finished in five hours, but I'd always vowed that I'd, I need to go back, I need to go and do that again, do it properly this time. Um, so that's one of my, my running goals. So that's still, that's somewhere in the, the future, to go back and meet your maker back in London? Yes. This this story, Bob, is so common from people I speak to about their first marathon experience. No, oh, it just gets you in so many ways that there's not really much else that can get you like that in, in so many levels. And how, how many marathons have you done since? So since that, I'd done Edinburgh the month after. That was one of my lessons on that one was to wear nipple protectors. Oh my, my finishing pictures, I've got some blood all over my vest and everything. It's oh, that's one of my, my tips. If you take anything away from this podcast, if you're wearing a vest and marathon running, get some nipple protectors on the go. There's another mental note to myself. I'm not far enough into long run territory yet for that to have been an issue, but better to learn from your mistakes in that front. Yeah. So the, the one going on to Edinburgh, that was a, just before London, I'd started running with... Um, Achilles Heel Running Club in the West End of Glasgow. So not long enough that they could actually impact my training for London. Mm-hmm. But after London, I was speaking to um, Steph that runs the, the club. And he had a quite look at it. And he's like, your pacing is all over the place. He said, if you're going to do Edinburgh, just this is a pace. Just set at this pace. Set this pace all the way through it. And I had a much, much more enjoyable day. Um, ran the full thing at the pace. Enjoyed it. Chatted to folks. Smiled all the way around. Like, but it just shows you even people say you can't do one a, a month later but much better experience and um, learned so much so even in a month you've learned a lesson and did you finish quicker on that time round yes four hours 40 for that one so even running slower from or what would have felt slower you end up with a better result than the run walk run walk i think pacing's a huge thing um i'm hoping my experience of racing at different distances will mean i have a better grasp of pacing than somebody who's just going in very blind at the start of their own running. I know that you've done loads of races over loads of different distances in between. Is that something that, that drives your running or is that something you like for the social thing? Have you become more competitive throughout your journey? The competitiveness is something I shied away from quite a lot because it's you're putting yourself out there to go. It's like, oh no, I'm just I'm just here. I'm just what I finish. I'm just here having a but really wanting to push myself now. I'm really now I'm looking for times which 
it does come with a lot of pressure. Which even last year, I would admit I was having a bit of anxiety at races, but not wanting to sign up for races, but not turning up because I thought I wasn't in, I wasn't fit enough. I wasn't in any shape to do anything there. And really, I was making a big thing in my head about it. Which this year I'm trying to trying to address. I've already been in one race this year, turned up, met people, smile, enjoy it, go and just have fun. Remember, it's a, meant to be a fun hobby. Don't make it into something it's not. I think when your goals become a weight around your neck, it's a dangerous thing. Because in reality, nobody except you cares what time you finish in. Everybody's worried exactly. about their own end. But I completely understand that. I, do you know, I used to get like that for park run. Oh. At the start in park run, when I was getting quicker and quicker, it was almost like, oh, I need to beat my PB every time I run. You're setting out for something that should be the best and most enjoyable run of the week with a weight around your neck. But that's all of your own doing. But it, in the on the flip side, without goals, without targets, I don't think I would be motivated to train. No, you, you need that. So even going back to when I was supposed to be doing Edinburgh in, what's say 2020? The start of the COVID breakdown. So a proper sub four plan, training really hard, got really fit. And then it got cancelled or pushed, it got pushed to the, the autumn. I thought, right, I want to get a coach now. I feel like I always was funny about a coach. I think I'm not a good runner, good enough runner yep. to get a coach, which I know loads of people do. It's a, a funny thing to say. It's like I'm going to get fit and then join the gym. One of those silly things. I got in touch with Matt Rees, the Welsh runner. Started working with him. It was like a good year, over a year, training block for a marathon. People were just getting fitter and fitter. I remember like caged lines, just ready to go dying for a race, any race, and that race was Manchester 2021, because the Edinburgh one got cancelled, but they, they kept Manchester yeah. on. Coach told me I was in like 3.15 shape, which was miles over the sub four I'd started, feeling so fit. But then this is another marathon lesson of relying too much on your watch. And my watch was telling me I wasn't running fast enough, when in fact I really was. My GPS was all over the place. Yeah, which is a big lesson I've learned. Um because it was like 15 seconds a mile faster I was running. And I was wondering why I was blown up. So I was running by Little Trafford and stuff like that. And I didn't even know Trafford was there. I was too busy going to my watch and what's going on, what's going on and stressing. And I still finished in like 3.48. So I finished a massive PB. And it should have been oh fantastic. But because that's not what I was training for, it just threw me mentally for ages after that. I was so disappointed. And you speak to, you go home, speak to the wife. And she's like, oh, well done. She a lot of runners just don't under, don't understand it. If you're not a runner, or even if you're just very casual running and you don't follow your pace particularly, but you would pay for that over 5k, never mind multiplying it out. Pushing, pushing, pushing. My, I thought my heart rate's too high, what's going on? And then that, that stress as well. You start stressing about it, it only makes it worse. And then by the time I realised what's going on, you've already read like... You, you can't put the matches back in once they've been burned. Oh, you really cannot. That's 2021. Yes. And since then, what have there been any big races along the way? Last year, I'd like, shake off Manchester, get it out of the system. It's been, it's gone. It's a big PB, but let's get back on the horse. And then I got injured, got an ankle injury, um, which put me out for a good part of the year. There was um, talk of having like, surgery and things like that, but eventually a, a lovely steroid injection into the ankle took care of that and got me back out running again. But by that point, I was too late for Edinburgh last year. So started training for uh, Loch Ness in the autumn. But lots going on. Family life was really busy. Work was 
really hectic. I was still getting my training done. I'd done the full training block for Loch Ness, but mentally I just wasn't into it. I, I know what I want out of the marathon. I know the experience that I'm looking for. And I thought I wasn't going to get it in Loch Ness. It, it's, a, it's a fantastic marathon. Don't get me wrong, I want to do it one day. But the, the headspace was in it at the time. I was like, oh, no, I don't want to pull up at the side of the race and wait for the sweeper bus and that kind of thing. Even though I was fit enough to do it, I just thought I'm just not feeling it at all. I think so many people that it's going to resonate with about any race at any distance. Mm-hmm. Your mind, it's the devil in your shoulder telling you things that are not true about how bad everything could potentially go. Yeah, but they, so but the like, angels almost never on the other shoulder saying this could go really well. It's just the devil <laughs> on both shoulders saying you're not ready. You're not as fast as you think. Yeah, exactly. Done like my twenty-one miles. I done my, my longest run for that. So my coach was like, just go relax and enjoy it. And he was trying to encourage me. Even a Dallison that's, um, that's been on your podcast, he was messaging me saying how are you feeling. What I was explaining to her, I was like, I totally get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Because you, you want to know that you're feeling good about it. You're feeling... It's not just about being physically strong. You need to be mentally strong for the marathon as well. Maybe even more so. Because with the mental strength, I think your body can probably go beyond what you think it can physically. But if it's if you're not mentally there, that's so tough. But yeah, because I was trying to even like setting up the like my running club as well at the time. Um, that was all... There's so much going on. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is, you need to really commit to the marathon. Mm-hmm. And even though I'd, I'd kind of committed to the training, it was just kind of ticking it off. I wasn't loving it. and thought, yeah, something's got to give. So Edinburgh is next. Yes. Talk me through the ambassadorial role. How has that come about? That's That must be a nice sort of feather in your cap. Yeah, it's uh, quite surreal. And yeah, they just approached me and asked me if I, I would like to. And how, how do you say no to Edinburgh Marathon? You don't. No, you don't. You just go with it. Is that, is that going to take time from you or is that more about just being high profile? I think it's just high profile, promoting that I'm doing the, the race. What my, not so much my goals, but how I'm approaching it. My training, my ideas for fueling, recovery. Just the way I, I see it is they've approached me because they like what I'm doing. Yeah. So there's no point changing it, just keep doing what I'm doing. and yeah. Undoubtedly, I think you've maybe been modest there. Your profile is a, is a very positive place to be. And not every Instagram profile is, as we know. It's mm-hmm. And neither should it be. It should never be all false sweetness and light all the time. You know, there is a yeah. reality to running and running distance. Um, that, but there's a positivity in how you can share that message. So yours is a profile that I, I see on a regular basis. And I'm not surprised that they're looking for people like you. I think you'll be a very good representative of hopefully the ethos of that race and what people are trying to achieve. So congratulations on the achievement of being asked. It's it's a big thing, but I think it's also very well deserved. Thank you very much. So I want to move on to the, I suppose, the secondary reason of asking you on today, which is your involvement now with Jog Scotland, becoming a Jog leader. Two prongs to it. I, um, I don't have much knowledge of any couch to 5k type program or introduction to running. I'm very keen that we shed as much light on that as we do on something like six star finishers for marathons, because that's much more common. Everybody has to start somewhere, whereas very few get to that upper echelon place. So I want to know what's involved technically, but see before that, I think there'll also be people maybe wondering and being at a place in their running thinking they could help, they could do this. So how did you become involved with Coside Runners, with Jog Scotland? What is the process? 
I was running with the Jog Scotland in Cumbernauld called On The Run. Run them for a few years. They're running on a Monday night, which is usually my easy recovery day. So I was enjoying going up, just tail running, chatting away to folk, encouraging people, helping out. And I was getting quite a lot out of that. There had been talk of making me a jog leader with them, helping out, but never really came to much. So then I was out a long run. It was one Sunday. I was out a, a long run myself and I bumped into some people from the club. And they were saying, oh, I've not seen you on a Monday night for a while and I was like oh no it's been too busy and they are saying well why don't you you should have your own club in Cool South and I was like kind of laughing it off kind of planted a seed kind of excited me a little bit then I was chatting to my friend Kelly her business is kind of like accountability and things through exercise and she's like a master of manipulation in your mind I always think she knows what you really want but she just wants you saying it and she was talking about how I'm so enthusiastic when I talk about my running but more so than when I'm talking about my work I do work for um, Scottish Water, uh, dams and reservoirs and stuff. I love it. But obviously running's my, my big love. I was saying if I'd won the lottery, I'd love to then have a start a running club and I would do this and that and become a coach and things. And she was like, well, why do you need to win the lottery for that? Why not just start something small and just let it grow? And then that was me. I'm like, well, why, why don't I? What do I need to do? So looked up Jog Scotland and what would I need to do? And I looked at the courses and the, the Jog Leader course. Found there was one coming up. I thought, right, I could be on that. But what do I, how do I start my own club? So I looked and it was North Financial Leisure. I said to them, I was thinking about doing it for Coalsife. I had a meeting with them and then they had a, an idea. I said, yeah, we'd really like you to do it. We could put you through the course. You could put on one session a week and here's the plan that you would do, you would deliver. And I was like, hmm. I kind of want to do a bit more than that. I want the freedom to do my own plans and put on more nights and encourage people in different ways and more sessions. So that's interesting. So there was local authority, potentially local authority support to get you through the course, but would have involved, I suppose, playing to their tune a bit in terms of North Lancashire leisure and their schedules. Yeah, so, so you do a one night a week and then I'm going to then tell the beginners to go and do the other two sessions on their own, which is fine. You, you can do Couch to 5K and all these kind of things on your own. You just go online and download a plan and away you go. However, I recognise the support that a beginner might need and they're more likely to come with accountability to the three sessions. If you're just doing that jump once a week, then you're a big jump, big jump, big jump. There's a chance you could fail. So I'm trying to encourage people not to fail. There's all different types of Couch to 5K plans, beginner plans. So I had a look at them all and then I kind of put my own twist on it. So let's say, for example, week one is 10 times 30 seconds jogging, 30 seconds walking. You do that three times and then week two, you're a minute jogging and then a minute walking. For a beginner, I think that's a bit of a jump. I thought, no, why don't we do the 30 seconds and then the second session, you go up to 40 seconds and in the third session, you do 50 seconds. So then by the end of that week, your one minute isn't oh, we're doubling what we're doing. You're only, it's another 10 seconds, guys, you're fine. You've got this in the bag. You've built the confidence. They know they can do it. They're having fun. And as I keep saying, it's that conversational pace. If the guys are out and I can't hear them talking, I'm like, you're going too fast. When guys get the chat and I want to hear laughing, I want to hear enjoyment. What stage of people's running are they coming to you at? Is this never having run before? Is it having run many moons ago? What Typically, what do you get coming through the door? It's actually a, a great mixture. So it's people that have got no fitness background at all, um, no running background at all, or there's people that have, in a past life, they've done their 10Ks, even half marathon people that have been, 
but they've not done anything in a long, long time. So a lot of it is just confidence that they've lost as well as fitness. Do you see the barrier, the biggest barrier to people coming in being fitness or confidence? Confidence. So I'm trying to encourage people if they've missed, say people that missed a session or two, and like, oh no, that's me now, I'm, I'm out. Um, it's not squid games, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just come back in and just take it easy. We'll, we're here for you, we'll get you back through, we'll get you back up to speed. Just keep coming, keep turning, get out the door, come here, do your thing. No, I like the way you put it earlier as well. It's it's equivalent of thinking I need to get fit to go to the gym. The new beginners group started on Tuesday there. Some of the people that are totally new to fitness and they were really nervous beforehand. And it was like, right, that's you guys recover for 30 seconds. Like, oh, was that it? I'm like, yeah, just keep chatting. keep. So we're doing those loops. Just keep going around the loops. I'll tell you when to jog, when to walk, and we'll be done in no time. And it was horrible weather as well. So hats off to them all for coming. But they're all laughing, enjoying it. And the people that they don't know each other, most of the people don't know each other, come chatting away, meet each other, sharing stories and things like that. Then away up the road and they're forming friendships, making bonds. So I had a look at the Coastside Runners page again, which I'm also going to include a link to in the show description in case anyone's looking. Coastside, for anybody who is unaware, is uh, in the north of North Lanarkshire, isn't it? It's sort of yes. northern North Lanarkshire. Bob, I saw the group is then split into beginners, intermediate and graduates. So is that something I was interested in as well, is what happens at the end of the, the, the course that you offer? So what I offer is a, is a beginners group, and that takes you from like 30 second intervals up to 15 minutes running, and that's over a 10-week course. So then once you've got that 10 weeks done, you can get your 15 minutes, and then I've got what I call the graduate, and then we work up towards that 5K half an hour. And then as well as that, I've got a my Tuesday, it's a 5K session I put on, so it's just a 5K route, social pace. You come, if you want to run it fast, I'll tell you the route beforehand, and you can crack on. If not, I'm going to, no one gets left behind, I'll tail run, and we'll chat away and see what's happening in the world. Thursday we do a five mile version of that and then Saturday mornings I try to put on some sort of interval session or hill reps, some sort of torture session for us. What better way to start your weekend than some masochism? So you've got the social, you've got that club element as well, just like any other club where you've got your social runs and as you progress in pace there will still be people to run with. That's the thing I'm going to have to look at because I'm currently doing nine sessions a week that I'm putting on myself, which is quite a big commitment. Yes. Um, but I'm willing to do it now to get people running and form the, the community. And it is a community. I want them using what I've got a private Facebook group as well. So if anyone's like, it's a, it's a dark rainy night, you might not want to go out and run yourself for various reasons. You might not feel safe, you might not have confidence, but you might say, I'm going to run. Does anybody else want to go? That was happening over Christmas, which I was really loving seeing people that hadn't been runners before, putting a shout out to see if anyone wants to go for a run. And I'm guessing if you're doing that on a Saturday morning, has park run ever been a thing for you? I park run when my children were small, so it was a kind of a buggy run. There's nothing more soul destroying than somebody running by you with the buggy. You're that guy. I am that guy. I've run past people in cast boots, so I'm used to the heat. <laughs> I'd rather you run by me with the buggy, I'm not going to lie. Running by me in a cast boot would be enough, I think, to make me chuck it. So what, what park runs did you do? Um, so when I was um, off the buggy, it was Falkirk. All right, okay. And when I didn't have the buggy, um, I, when I didn't have the buggy, I wasn't going to Falkirk because I thought, oh, I'm not going to have to actually push now and see what I could do myself. So I was going to Pleen. Pleen's got a... It's not a buggy suitable one. It's more of a kind of trail okay. park one. Yeah. 
that's quite quite good. Recently, I've done Strathclyde Park. That's the fast one. That's when you kind of are feeling fit. I'll go down there and have a crack. So you've got your group nine sessions a week. Then is there an element of sustainability there, and amongst work and life and family? No, I don't. I don't think that there is. So I've already started planting seeds. There's people that are invested in the group already, even though it's it's so young, the group, that I've said, if anyone's interested, then I'll put them through that leader course. I said, there's no pressure, though. It's just a, so I can condense the sessions. Like maybe half the graduates and the beginners, they can turn up, I can put them through the warm-up and then send one on their way with a course led by someone else, and then I can just take the beginners. So that's brilliant if you're getting others in that become invested enough and it can grow organically. But th- there does come a tipping point where membership is going to mean... One man can't do all that. Yeah, it's like, I need to create it first. I've told the wife it's, it's not going to be like this forever. Because yeah, it can't be because there's only so many hours in the day. And there's, plus, I've got my own training to, to try and do as well. It's hard enough um, with a family working, trying to fit like, marathon training, for instance. I suppose there'd be a bit of a sell here. What is it you get back from it? What do you get from helping other people that you perhaps don't find in your own running? What is it giving you? To be honest, see the people that haven't run and then seeing the, the buzz they get they're finishing their sessions. You know what it's like if you're it's a hard session, you kinda of think, I can't do that. But that runner's high you get when you finish. But seeing that in other people that haven't experienced it before and then seeing them wanting more and loving that. I'm also loving the community that I'm building. Like before Christmas there, there was a session and one of the girls was uh, struggling a bit on the last rep. Still like another minute and a half, say to go. And she was starting to get slowing down a wee bit and the rest of the group that was or the pack that was there they'd seen her and they doubled back and they all ran together to make sure she finished that rep and i was kind of i was with them running but i kind of took a step back to watch what was happening i was like these folk don't they don't know each other but now they're runners and they don't want to see their other runner fail they're all coming together to make sure they all finished i get such a high out of it it was so good you planted that seed that that becomes that yeah, because these are folk who don't know each other for like, what's, at the time it's like maybe say seven or eight weeks. But they'd all been through this together and they were all enjoying it. They'd all been struggling themselves maybe some weeks and they'd all needed a bit of encouragement. Now it's something I'm quite proud of. It's probably that was my my running highlight of last year when I felt my own running wasn't really delivering for me. But um, uh, You're quite rightly proud. Difficult thing to keep your own training as focused when you have that as well because you're launching that from the ground up. Could you tell me where people can find you? So if they want to get involved, where are the best places to find you, contact you, or communicate with the group? Well, on Instagram or Facebook. Um, the group's actually quite active on Facebook, more than Instagram, surprisingly. I think that's more for the private community. It's better on Facebook. Um, but it's Kilsaith Runners um, on both. Um, a quick search will take you right to them. Yeah, I can link the I can link the Facebook into the show description as well. It's not a platform I use particularly, but I can get the link for that. Um, and we'll put that on there. And if you want to follow my training and my um, route to Edinburgh this year and beyond, I'm the Safe Runner on Instagram, and again, it's mirrored on Facebook as well. What have you got from the? online community your platform has grown there i think it's safe to say since i started i've I've been following you on my personal account for for quite a while and i can see the growth and i I hear people you come up in conversations now through your handle do you know the cool south runner so that that's happening what have you got back from it i would i'd probably say i've got more out of it um than i've put in 
like you said, I said when I was struggling last year with kind of race anxiety and stuff like that. People like Alison, I've only seen Alison at like running by me at Park Run. Like say it's draft Clyde, I'm still on the way out and she's wasn't back yeah. kind of thing. I know the but feeling. it's like a shout of encouragement as passing. Yet she reach out and message me, Are you you doing okay? That kind of thing. Um, or working good luck on this race coming up or your training's doing well. It's people that you don't don't physically know, but they're encouraging you and they're invested in you. And I do the same. You don't even realise it. But if you send a message out to someone saying, well done, because that was a great run you've done, or good luck in your race, it takes you two seconds. But to that person, it means quite a lot. And almost everybody gets back to you on that platform to say thanks. And that's, again, it's the internet's not like that, by and large, in every corner of it. No, I, I agree fully. That's Runners are boring if you're not a runner. I don't want to bombard non-running friends with running chat, but online yes. everybody's the same and that, that encouragement that you can get from people you've never met and probably for most of them you never will meet. It's an extraordinary thing actually, but it's really powerful. So it has a power to, certainly for me, it's got a power to lift you up and be the thing that makes you go over the door that day to get you running. Yeah, the running community is fantastic. Yeah. Um, at all, it doesn't matter what level it is. It's people aren't, oh, get this time. And if you don't get this time, they'll, they'll disappoint for you. They just want to see you enjoy your race, enjoy your training, go and tick off your goals, go and do what you do, go and be you out there. If you do that, then everyone's supporting you. Back to your running then. Edinburgh is looming. Not, yes. not too large yet. I'm assuming you've not started the full on block yet. Doing some sort of base training using the, the runner coach app this time. Yeah. So previously, as I mentioned, I've been coached with Matt Rees. He was putting a lot of effort into my training plans and things like that. But my time commitment, I was missing runs and I was like, this isn't sustainable now. But he brought me on so much. His, pro- his profile is inspiring. He's super fast. Yeah. He's some guy, not just like, so even it's the little things, it's like checking in with you, making sure you're okay. It's almost like I kind of view him as a friend now, to be honest, on a kind of online capacity. Yeah. I was going to just coach myself for it but uh, the runner coach app asked if they could coach me for Edinburgh if I could use their app so I thought yeah I'll give that a try kind of know what I'm doing in terms of like a training plan for a marathon now anyway that's not the, what's holding me back it's more the mental side and I want to go and enjoy it and have a good strong experience so that's as we say with the community side I'm now involved in kind of Edinburgh marathon whatsapp groups and things like that where people are chatting away and they're training and meeting up for runs and that kind of thing so I want it to be a more definitely a more social race this time still I've, I've got goals that I want to hit but if everyone says going for a, a 3.30 and there's a pack, and as we talked about earlier, the pack running can make things feel so much yeah. easier. Same with like in your training sessions. Uh, so if I can take advantage of that and see how I feel, push on. And Goals don't have to be at the expense of the sociable part of it. That's the something I'm probably learning and have learned very slowly in my running. That, like, you get no brownie points for going out and slogging through yourself. It just, no. if anything, it just makes it mentally tougher at times so uh, that that's good to hear what lies beyond edinburgh i won't ask you to put a time on it but i will check in with you edinburgh hopefully i see you in the start line or maybe we can get a run before then that would be good my all-time goal was to qualify for london to be on the london start line by merit don't get me wrong i wouldn't knock back a ballot place but um i'd love to get in there good for age what's what's that kind of time for good for age so, because I'm 40 now, it's um, three hours and five minutes. I know the feeling. But I know, yeah. sorry, I know the feeling of being over 40, not at three hours and five minutes. I don't know that feeling <laughs> whatsoever. To do that, I'd be targeting the holy grail of the sub three, which I'm a bit off, and I'm I'm at peace with being a bit off of it now. For a while, I was like, I can't see anything but sub three. So, any PBs and things like that. It's one thing that you need to be careful at running that 
you can have big goals and it's all great, but don't forget to celebrate the milestones on the way to it. I'm really bad for that. Like, like Manchester, so what did I go from 440 to 348? Huge PB. Yeah. And I was disappointed. I was gutted by it. It's like it's crazy. That's not marathon specific. That's that that's for me three weeks ago's lesson or two weeks just before Christmas running that twenty minutes seven five K, twenty minutes seven seconds, and yeah. coming away disappointed that it was seven seconds. I, and actually what I've done is knock five minutes off where I was at the start of the year, which is just a huge amount off five K, but I couldn't see the good for seeing the bad. So there's a lesson in there that's again being in a group helps. Because people will give you a better perspective of what you're achieving than sometimes your own head yeah. will. So I'd done it before Manchester because I wasn't training for 5k, but I'd done a, a 20 minutes, 10 seconds like yourself and going, oh, gutted. Mm -hmm. I started too fast. I'd done this and people were going, calm down, Bob. That's a massive PB. Yeah. Done fantastic. What a race you done there. And and, and your I'm disappointment, you can see, your disappointment somebody else's dream time. Mm -hmm. Like that's their moonshot is the thing you're disappointed with so there was a relative like you, you, all you can see that's those seven seconds i know that's that's where i was with the edinburgh half marathon as well because i knew it was slipping away that was a that was a huge pb that day and i took i was absolutely down in the dumps for like two weeks after it because i'd missed sub 140. so i looked into it, it was like the, they caught the marathon blues afterwards as well when you finish a race and you're like you've, you've trained so much for a goal whether you hit it or not you're just left with this kind of emptiness yeah. that you need to fill quickly or... yeah I, and I, I think I spoke to Jenna last week about finding the love of running for running's sake and not being dictated to by goals because it's not there, there will never be enough to sustain that. There will always be the void at the end of the goal. If you don't love the process and you don't love the running and you don't love the company you're with, I think that's when you get the dip. So I've certainly had long spells where my own running's fallen off the cliff because I've lost motivation. Yeah, well, that's what I mentioned, that a bit of race anxiety, and I went to the Jog Lindsay on the 2nd of January, so I was feeling a bit nervous, but as soon as I went there, I seen people I knew, said, oh, I'm just going to go up and see how I feel, run the first loop, and then see how I feel if I want to push on, and that's exactly what I did, and into the second loop, I'm like, ah, I'm feeling good, I'm going to try and pick off this guy, I'll pick off the next person, pushing, 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 and smile on my face, feeling strong, feeling I'm like, this is what I want. This is what I need for the marathon as well. I need to just run it sensibly and then push on and enjoy it. Have a smile on my face and that finishing the, at the end and you're like, yes, that was great. I enjoyed that. And not the whole, oh, it's done, it's yeah. finished. I was disappointed. Well, no, I'm you know. determined. I'm with you on this 100%. I'm determined to get to that finish line and not have it put me off running that distance again in the future, but to celebrate the achievement because it's not a distance I've been at before. So it doesn't it's matter, time, times are relevant and there'll be plenty of time for thoughts of improving, to, but the first time round has to be for me something that's not going to put me off. So I want to move on to the final section of the interview and you have heard the first episode, I think, with Alison or you've heard bits of it yes. at least. So you'll know there's a quick fire question round coming your way and I've only shared one question at the very end with you and I only did that about 15 minutes before because I'm rubbish <laughs> and forgot. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions, Bob, and all I'm looking for is first gut feeling response on them, okay? Oh, right, okay. okay. And anything you can't answer, we will use against you in the future. Uh, so are you ready? Right, go for it. Favourite running shoe of all time? Oh, Vaporfly. Favourite training route? Oh, 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 um, oh, 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 the canal. Which canal? 
So we've got the canal at the back of us at uh, Fourth and Clyde. Best running related book or podcast you've read or listened to? Stephen Scullion's podcasts are really good. Perfect. We'll put the link to that in. Proudest running moment? Probably setting up the club, to be honest. I think that's fair. Worst race yeah. or running experience? Uh, last year's Neil McCover um, 10K. So was, uh, I did not finish. I should not have started. <laughs> I don't um, think that's a category. Favourite post-marathon refuel meal and or drink? See, this is the drink one. I want. I never found anything that can quench my thirst after a, a long run, apart from like going for a cold beer or something like that. But trying to be healthy about it, I've never... Co- um, cold beer works after a marathon. That's After a marathon is not the time for being healthy. Yeah. So yeah, go, go for a, a cold beer. <laughs> one inspirational Instagram or online profile you never skip by? Matt Rees, probably, the Welsh runner. I will put a link to that in the comments. Run with or without music? Without. Best ever single piece of running advice you've been given or could give? Keep your easy runs easy. Favourite park run? Uh, Strathclyde. Finish this sentence. I press play and run because... It keeps me mentally and physically strong. So I'm joined now by Katie Buchanan, who is a member of the Kilsyth Runners and has been since October. Katie, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for asking me to be part of it. My pleasure. So what I wanted to do, Katie, was to bring a sense of what it's been like to join um, a, a Couch to 5K type programme. I know it's not the through the app, uh, but you've been a member of uh, the club with Bob now since October, as, as you just told me. So can you run through with me, what was your background in running before you started with the Coastside Runners? There was absolutely no background at all. Anybody who knows me will know that I've always said I wasn't built to be a runner. I, I can't do it. I just, it is not for me. I think over lockdown when everybody's stuck in the house and I was quite lucky I could walk the dog, but I kept seeing runners and thinking, I think I would just really like to be able to go out and clear my head. I'm not saying I wanted to go and run, you know, 5, 10k, but maybe just to get out for a little run. And I had said uh, to one of my friends, I wish there was something local. And about three weeks later, Bob had put up a post on Facebook for starting a running club. And I thought, that's for me. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get out of my comfort zone and go for it. That's that's an interesting one, Katie, because that's three times out of three episodes so far, somebody said to me, I'm not built like a runner. And I, yeah. I, and I did touch on that in one of the episodes where I don't think anybody thinks they actually are until they begin. So that, that sits behind, that that makes sense to me then. What was the, the catalyst for you doing that from a background of not running at all? So you've been part of this since October. Before I ask you about what you've got from that, can you just explain to me what that first block, I know you're into your second 10-week block now, what was that first block like for you? What did you do and how did you progress? Okay, so uh, the first night I went along, I, I was really, really nervous. Um, but I just had it in my head, it's a beginner's class and everybody there is a beginner. So I need to stop getting in my own head and thinking they'll be better than me. Once we all met, we we all kind of had the conversation of, oh, I really hope I can do this. Um, I hope I don't get left behind. We all just really encouraged each other from, the you know, the, the first five minutes. 
And then we started off, I think it was, uh, we done five one-minute runs. So we started off in doing one minutes um, with, I think, maybe three minutes in between, three minutes walking in between break. And then we built up just slowly. Bob has a way of teasing the fitness out of you. It's, it's almost like you don't know you're doing it. Trickery. Um, yeah, it is. It's trickery. And then it gradually it makes you run for more minutes and less resting. And then you're at the point where you actually can't believe you've done it. At the end of our 10-week block, we were running for 15 minutes. And to be honest, I still can't believe that I had run for 15 minutes because I never, ever thought I would be able to do that. And on that first night, 15 minutes of continuous running, how far away did that feel for you in your head? Oh, years away. <laughs> years away. I would never have thought I would have got there. Your initial thought is, I hope I can keep up with people or I hope people don't think differently of me. When you get yep. there, is the reality that everybody was in the exact same position? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's in the same position. And we are all different shapes and sizes and it doesn't matter. It's just you have to take the initial step and just go for it. And and I think everybody should do it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's such a positive thing, I think, for Bob to hear. And something that I'm trying to get through in the podcast is that runner running is not for runners, it's for people that want to run. That makes you a runner, that's enough. That's it. Um, regardless of where you are on your journey. So the, the, there's a physical fitness aspect of it, which will be clear to anyone. You can now run continuously for, well, you could run for 15 minutes. I assume you're building on that now in block two. But what other benefits have you taken from it? Well, I feel fitter. Mentally, I feel great. I, I look forward to a Tuesday and a Thursday night, going and seeing everyone, the social aspect. I've, I've met people, I've made friends. There's just, there's so much. What else would I be doing on a Tuesday and a Thursday night? Nothing. EastEnders. It, well, exactly. And it can um, always not, wait. <laughs> exactly, it can always wait. Um, I, I've taken so much from it and it, it's something now I really, really enjoy. Katie, has there been any point on that journey, October to Christmas? I mean, the weather's been grim for a start, I know, in my own <laughs> running. But have there been any point where there's been challenges in getting there or the mental side of it? Or has it been all positive up to this point? I think for me, the, just the weather, there's a few times with the weather I've thought, do I really want to go out the house? But then I'm just like, yeah, you do, because I know I'm going to feel better once I get there and after it. So I just go and do it. And it, I, I have to say it was probably more the snow and the ice because the rain doesn't really bother me because uh, I have to walk the dog anyway. But um, the snow and the ice, it was like, I'm off my head going to do this. But there's something because now I enjoy it. It's like, no, just go and do it because you know you're going to feel better. Anybody who's driving past you does think you're off your head, just so you know. Um, out running in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I was doing marathon over that same period, so running 5k a day in December, and some of those days were excruciating to have to put your trainers yeah. on and get out and run. But as you said, when you get out there, very rarely is the weather an actual barrier. It's more of a mental yeah. challenge on just getting yourself over the door. That's it. And where are you at now then? I know you were just about to tell me there. So you're in block two. Where are you now in your running? So we done the Thursday night where we're about 26 minutes. So we're up to 26 minutes. And again, I would never have thought I would have been there. And what is the ultimate goal? Is it to run for time or is it to run for a distance? At the end of this block, we'll be able to do 5K. So for 
just before the end of it, we're going to go and do a park run as a group. Perfect. Yeah, you. I know you've. I know you've listened. You know what? You know I'm a huge advocate. I love park run. Yeah, and if I can get to a five k, I'll be just over the moon, and I'm sure I will. Um, I've got no doubt you will. I'm going to give you one piece of advice: don't go to Tokyo or Queen's Park. <laughs> having okay. ha- having been to both, you'll need to take mountain climbing uh-huh. gear to get up the hills there. Oh, right, okay. Oh, right. Yeah, I've heard some of them are quite hilly. So, Katie, what's the goal then beyond? If you get five k, you get to the park run. What for you personally? What where do you hope to take that next in terms of your running? If I can get to the the park run and, and do the five k, I would like to just stay at the five k for a bit, and then I think I would maybe go for like a ten k. I would like to do a few 5Ks first um, and then the 10K. And, and beyond that, I don't have any aspirations to be a marathon runner or anything. But I would also like to be able to, after that, run on my own because I'm not very good at that. And is that because of your confidence levels of doing it yourself, motivation-wise? Or like, what what is the barrier to running alone? Because I think that is a huge barrier. I think I give up too easily. I'll say I'll, I'll, I start off too fast and then I think oh, I'll just walk and then I can't get the motivation to get started again. But when I'm with a group, there's somebody talking to me. We're, we're all voting for each other and you want each of us, they want the other person to keep going. And I think I need that. I need the group environment. Yeah. Yeah, that's, again, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of, running in a group for not just for motivation but accountability you're less likely to stop and you're more likely to keep that's it. when there's somebody else that's given up their time to be there with you or for you yeah. um that that's a huge thing so katie then that I, I really appreciate it's fascinating hearing this because i know how many people sit at home doing what you probably were doing pre-october thinking i wish there was something local um, yeah and there is, and that there there are. We're not always great at advertising it, but what would your message be to anybody who's in that position, who used to be a runner and would like to get back, or has never done it and think and is thinking now's the time to take a a change in my approach to physical health? Go for it, do it. You won't. You absolutely won't regret it. It is the best thing I've I've done. And if I'm lo- so glad I done it. And if they're local to you, they can do it in Coolside. Exactly, come along to to our club. It's absolutely brilliant and you'll be more than welcome. Katie, all, all that's left for me is to wish you the very, very best of luck. I will follow through Bob as well, your journey. Yeah. And um, I would love to know how you got on. Maybe you could pop back on and we can do this again. I have a, a five minute chat after your first park run because I would love to hear about your experience. Yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to come back on. I'm so appreciative of you giving up your time. And it's it's inspiring for me it doesn't matter where you are in your own running journey it's always inspiring to hear about others becoming inspired by the sport so yeah. i just want to wish you the very best of luck keep going the weather will get better soon i promise <laughs> fingers um, crossed <laughs> and, and, and come july you're going to think you're running in heaven because you've yeah. done you've done the hard yards through the winter um so give my give my best of luck to the rest of the group and say hi to bob for me and maybe you could give me a wee shout actually you've got my email address give me a wee shout when you've done that first park run and who knows i might even be there at the end to cheer you on brilliant i will do thank you so much for having me on the last thing for me to do bob is to thank you for joining me today what i hope from today is that this episode will find its way into the ears of people that are either on the couch teetering about starting their own running journey 
or maybe have been away from it for a while and thinking about how they could get back in. So whether you're in the Kilsyth area or you want to look further afield at a local jog group, I hope what you've heard from Bob today inspires you to get out there and get the trainers on. Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.